Hey midnight, hundred seconds to Armageddon here. I don't even know why I made that joke. It's not even that funny, but it is in the trend, so I'll keep it in the recording, I guess. Hello and welcome to episode two of Legally Tried Neurons. I'm your host, Deep Fried Neurons. In today's episode, we're going through a landmark judgment regarding the Information Technology Act and a case that governs in a large way our right to freedom of speech over the internet. I should tell you that today's episode is largely about the Shreya Singhal case as to what it determined, why it was necessary, and it majorly talks about Section 66A of the IT Act, and briefly about the issues that have currently come up about Section 79 of the IT Act. So keep that in mind. Again, this is just to manage expectations. But I hope you enjoy today's episode. With that, I think I can declare the class is now in session. Today's episode begins with the year Y2K and my utter and crushing disappointment that the world did not destroy itself like it was theorized. But more importantly, from the perspective of the podcast, the Indian Legislative Assembly had decided that India needed a law for the coming digital age. And they came up with the Information and Technology Act 2000 or IT Act 2000. Not to be confused with IT Act which stands for Income Tax Act. Both of them are called IT. I don't know how people tell the difference. I think it's by context. But in this context, IT Act 2000 is Information Technology Act. And within this Information Technology Act of the year 2000, The legislators have a really quirky idea. Actually, to be fair, you'll hear me say that about IT Act 2000 quite a lot. But in this context, the quirky idea that we are discussing today is of the section 66A of the IT Act 2000. I don't know if any of you follow me on Twitter, but I think you should. Not because it's good content or anything, but it's just that like I'm lonely over there. But more importantly, it reminds me of a tweet that I made a few weeks ago, maybe a few months at this point. What even is time? The tweet being that I would name IT Act 2000 as E-Lafra Regulations Act 2021 if it was to be significantly amended. And I know my audience is here for the Lafra. We have established that Legally Tried Neurons is the Lafra podcast. In fact, you know what, if this actually catches on and I can do this in the semi long term basis, I mean this podcast, in that case, I promise you that there will be enough marketing material that just says that every episode is about a Lafda. And as IT Act 2000 came with the intention to catch up a digitized India or digitizing India to the world of the internet, one of its biggest goals was to regulate the e-lafra and the power to pick an e-lafra in court was handed to people by 66a punishment for sending offensive messages through the communication service etc that's the title of the legislation and in this case i'm going to read the entire provision because well it's important it's the only provision we're discussing at length today And section 66A of the IT Act says any person who sends by means of a computer resource or a communication device A. 
any information that is grossly offensive or has menacing character or b any information which he knows to be false but for the purpose of causing annoyance inconvenience danger obstruction insult injury criminal intimidation enmity hatred or ill will persistently by making use of such computer resource or communication device any electronic mail or electronic mail message for the purpose of causing annoyance or inconvenience or deceive or to mislead the addressee or recipient about the origin of such messages shall be punishable with imprisonment for a term which may extend to 3 years with fine for those of you who don't speak fluent legalese what that basically means is that if you tweet something illegal that incites violence or creates hatred or ill will basically anybody who uses the comment section in any way that's it's actually meant for they would have criminal charges against them as a result of this provision now it is important to understand while i say that as a joke in all seriousness the intention behind this provision was to provide a legal recourse to people who were facing harassment online from constant and hateful messaging not something that were alien to even today but here's the thing whenever there is government intervention to curb free speech on the basis of reasonable restriction reasonable being a word that is described by a court's discretion as per the context and i am mentioning that here because that's how court rooms work of course you will find hundreds and thousands of judgments which are labeled landmark or history making all of them talking about article 191 and 2 of the indian constitution which basically talks about freedom of speech and restrictions on freedom of speech reasonable restrictions on freedom of speech and one fine day we will take up the constitutionality of all restrictions all together and sort of map where that timeline stands but it is quite scattered and because things are said so often and while the same things that are said in very similar contexts could have very different implications there is a lot of inconsistency in those precedents not to mention who is saying what to whom is also a factor that the court has to consider while ruling these cases as that might contextualize the statement and might be pivotal to the issue but we will get to that later today we're just talking about it in the context of section 66a and 66a only but as you can imagine and this is a problem i have with a lot of the laws that put restrictions on free speech it will be used by the government to create censorship especially on the internet and what 66a had created perfect storm for was a certain concept in the law we call harassment through the process i don't think it's complicated to understand it is what it sounds like the point of law especially civil law is that you create your complaint you go to the individual the individual refuses to comply with your complaint you go to the court if the court agrees with you the court will tell the person who you're complaining against to stop a certain behavior if this certain behavior is so bad that punishment is required then the state will inflict that punishment on your behalf however for something that is as minuscule or something that could happen as easily as talking shit on the internet or talking shit in a public place for that matter you could inflict your own punishment on this individual by just asking him to come to court for this reason 
again when the court realizes that a proceeding is an attempt to harass the respondent through the process of coming to court and starting a litigation there are costs put on the petitioner a recent example of the same would be juhi chawla's petition in the delhi high court against the 5g tower installation which the court found no grounds for and they inflicted costs upon juhi chawla for wasting the court's time and the respondent's time however when it pertains to free speech the fact that you can create an fir and initiate a criminal investigation that has to go through the roots of criminal procedure by itself implies a lesson that why do you want to get in the hassle of a criminal litigation and then go about your life anyway for saying something and you and i were not the only ones to make this keen observation this observation was made by a certain person named shreya singhal who filed a petition in the supreme court of india challenging the constitutionality of section 66a of the information technology act 2000 well that wasn't the only one that she challenged she also challenged section 69a and 79 of the information technology act for context section 69a of the it act gives the government the power to arrest the culprit and take down the post that is infringing on somebody's rights in the capacity of the government and section 79 of the information technology act provides exemption from liability for intermediary in certain cases which basically means that the medium or the online platform through which the said message is published will be exempt from liability under certain cases i assume that the validity of this was challenged because the intermediary should not be held liable under any circumstance is the argument that the petitioners must have made which is something that we'll look into of course now the newspaper reports say that shreya singhal filed this petition at the age of 23 in response to the 2012 incident where two girls named shaheen thada and rinu shrinivasan were arrested by mumbai police for posting their annoyance with the fact that maharashtra was closed down the day of a prominent shiv sena leader's death i'm talking about bal thakre of course Of course this was just the straw that broke the camel's back that means that there were a lot of incidents of harassment some of which we will go through in the course of this episode that promoted this public interest litigation in the supreme court other examples of this law where harassment was alleged by either prominent politicians or the government themselves was the case of ambikesh mahapatra versus state of west bengal Another person arrested in this case was Subhatra Sen Gupta, a 75-year-old neighbor who had a heart condition at the time was also arrested. Her clear involvement within the case is not specified, not in the amount that I could find anyway. But apparently the arrests were made for forwarding a cartoon about the chief minister of West Bengal, Mamta Banerjee. Now under the conditions of arrest and nature of the crime along with the alibi of the two accused bail can be granted by the police officer under section 170 of the code of criminal procedure at least that's my reading of the of the law that the police officer has the authority to release a person on a bailable offense under these circumstances but 
For mysterious reasons, the police officers dragged the two accused to court to get their bail. The second example that I've taken for this context is Sanskar Marathe versus the state of Maharashtra and others. Well, it is a similar case in the sense that he was also accused of sharing an offensive post that warranted him going to jail. But the said post was not created by him, it was shared by him just like in the previous case of Mr. Mahapatra. The cartoon in question was of a famed Indian political cartoonist named Asim Trivedi. A lot of you might remember this name because it is quite famous for this controversy. Mr. Sanskar Marathe was roped into the controversy that belonged to Mr. Asim Trivedi because he shared his cartoon. And the content of cartoon is quite relevant. I will say it is a little worse than before, but I still don't think it warrants jail time. But that's my personal opinion. The court doesn't have to agree with it. And to be fair, neither do you. You make up your own mind. Mr. Trivedi, along with other cartoons that were found offensive by many people across India, had made a cartoon where the four symbols of the national emblem had been turned into wolves and instead of Satyamev Jayate, that is truth shall prevail, he replaced it with corruption shall prevail. In other scathing political commentary, he also showed the Indian parliament to be a toilet. And while he was separately being tried for the offences that he had committed in these, allegedly, Mr. Marathe was taken to jail for sharing these posts. Alongside Section 66A of the IT Act, he was charged with Section 124A, which is sedition, and some provisions of the National Emblem Act. Of course, when this matter went to court, the sedition charges were dropped because they were very empty and frivolously applied. Uh, but then he also got bail in the Section 66A matter and eventually he was acquitted. Between those two girls, Mr. Mahapatra and Sanskar Marathe, is that all of them expressed their opinion in their own capacity on social media and the state got involved because somebody found it offensive to a degree that it deserves criminal charges. When this came to the attention of Shreya Singhal, she had already completed her legal degree from the University, the Faculty of Law at University of Delhi. Not to mention, she comes from a very prominent uh, political and legally equipped family to the extent that her grandmother was a judge at the Delhi High Court. And in an ironic twist of fate, her grandfather was H.R. Gokhale, the law minister for Indira Gandhi during the emergency. And here was his granddaughter fighting for freedom of speech and expression for the Indian people. In fact, I would go as far to say, when you understand the outcome of this legislation, that your right to secure an e-lafada was protected by this case. Back to the courtroom in the year 2015, Shreya Singhal brings this petition and she argues all the points that we just saw. The basis of her argument being that Section 66A provides way too much scope for interpretation for the person reading the statute to bring a litigation or a criminal proceeding against a person and it's resulting in the infringement of more rights than it is protecting rights of people. And when the judgment was made by the Supreme Court in this case, the court said every expression is nebulous in meaning. What may be offensive to one person may not be offensive to another. 
and the body of the judgment very clearly states that the main reason why this law has been read down along with section 118d of the kerala police act which basically says the same thing as it act 66a is vagueness when a provision is written down in order to lay down the law the communication is clear and every word is assigned meaning and the assignment of that meaning has scales it has variations it has parameters for example what is commercial quantity what is small quantity and what is intermediate quantity within a case that pertains to ndps act which is narcotics and psychotropic substances act 1985 there needs to be a schedule of what quantity qualifies at at what stage and if it's not present the judge has the discretion to decide and when the judge decides that decision has precedent binding value over lower courts and that court itself and the fact that what may cause annoyance or inconvenience to one may not cause annoyance or inconvenience to another was the pivotal difference in reading which led to the striking down of section 66a of the it act the court also said ordinary people should be able to understand what conduct is prohibited and what is permitted also those who administer the law must know what offense must be committed so that arbitrary and discriminatory enforcement of the law does not take place which means that especially when criminal law is concerned intent is such a pivotal factor that you must know what conduct is banned and why in order for you to have adherence to it supreme court definitely agreed in this litigation that 66a was against and violative of the constitution of india however they did not make any changes or issue any guidelines regarding section 69a and section 79 of the it act the reasons for that being fairly clear it's because section 69a provides power to the government to take action against infringing posts which is which could be necessary in the event of a post that causes significant misinformation which causes unrest or undue violence that is clearly violative of the law when it comes to section 679 we will discuss that in just a little bit because it's not like the supreme court did not agree with the points made by shreya singhal in this litigation the specificity attached to reading the liability of intermediaries such as facebook youtube twitter or instagram needs to be narrowed down but the conversation about it is subjudice which is why i reserved it for the last leg of this episode however it is worth wondering how many of our problems have been solved by the shreya singhal case the case in point remains of mayank mohan sharma versus air india limited now in this case mayank mohan sharma and kvj rao were cabin crew members of indian airlines and they were accused of crimes under section 66a along with section 67 for making crude posts about politicians on facebook they were arrested and left on bail 12 days later and then the charges were dropped however their employment was terminated as a result of this criminal proceeding at least the comfort being in this case that the crime performed by them was at least before shreya singhal's case was put on but 
that employment termination was in dispute till 2019 but it would be crazy that an order from the supreme court would not be followed in practice by people who enforce law on the streets right i don't know why i'm stalling i'm pretty sure all of you know most of you follow internet freedom foundation if you don't i heavily 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 recommend it because their page is extremely extremely informative and they can bring you more resources about this specific issue i remember there is a post on their instagram feed which goes into details about this and the post has a link which would lead you to an article which would go in even more detail about it i will be sure to link that down in the description of this episode also it is important to note that the affairs of the court have temporarily come to an end for this episode we are going off in the territory of reported crimes and academically reported data in 2017 rahat khan a 22 year old man was arrested in greater noida for posting morphed pictures of the chief minister of uttar pradesh the offense was initially registered under section 66a of the it act only after heavy reporting of the incident was made in the media the charge was changed to section 153a of the indian penal code for those of you who are curious of an unexplored thread section 153a of the indian penal code 1860 deals with the offense of promoting disharmony enmity or feelings of hatred between different groups on the grounds of religion race place of birth residence language etc additionally a survey of indian kanun a popular free website and supreme court cases online a legal database that is extremely popular among litigators for legal research not just litigators of course academicians as well shows that between 2015 and 2018 nearly 21 cases mention section 66a of the it act as an active infraction the supreme court has still taken cognizance of the problem and understood that these updates in the law in terms of section 66a are very similar to the changes made to the reading of section 377 of the indian penal code which relates to the carnal intercourse against the order of nature which popularly as most people would know as of september 2018 has been read down to exclude consensual intercourse between people of the same sex it turns out that this information was not practically conveyed to every corner of the country in terms of practical applications which is why confusion still persists and complaints get registered and harassment through process still occurs the supreme court also in the light of the study has called for pending cases as of the january of 2019 in terms of section 66a to check whether any arbitrary proceedings are widespread across the system not in the court room at least that is the observation of the supreme court and the ones remaining have been allegedly rectified However interestingly that brings me to the case of Priyanka Sharma I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people who listen to my podcast for a while at least not this podcast this podcast just started but the podcast that I've been running for a few years now 3 years to be exact might recognize the name because we did an episode about this exact case before of course it was because I was frustrated and just angry 
but i'll just give you a refresher nonetheless because i think i did a much less coherent job of reporting on it the last time priyanka sharma the bjp youth activist and leader was taken to court through a criminal proceeding the charge sheet of course reflects section 500 of the indian penal code which basically says that this was a case of defamation however the reading of the procedure that was executed in the supreme court sounds vaguely like it was about section 66a of the it act for those curious i genuinely recommend gautam bhatia's blog on the issue titled supreme court and memes which is also linked down in the description it will basically say what i say though i do apologize for repetition but this case was disposed by the supreme court in a full judge bench where priyanka sharma was let go because she apologized on record through an oral order the court justifies this entire ordeal in the sense that if if priyanka sharma was not politically involved in the case this would have been a different case but the fact that she was a political leader made it wrong for her to edit somebody's face and put somebody else's face on it morphing the image even for humor which is what most people call memes the issue further spirals into the issue of compelled speech which is something that i want to discuss when i'm more well researched and something i give time to in terms of attention span on this podcast as for the issue of section 79 of the information technology act and the entire issue of the liability of intermediaries the issue is bit of a hot button topic given the information technology intermediary guidelines and digital media ethics codes rules 2021 which were issued by the indian government sometime in july of 2021 legal commentators along with news anchors have all pointed out that these guidelines were printed under no particular provision of the it act or any other provision that provides giving such guidelines to intermediaries not to mention the swift action of the executive arm of the government especially specifically new delhi police raiding the offices of a popular intermediary namely twitter for lack of compliance these guidelines further raises concerns of the judicial validity and intent of these guidelines which directly hold res- intermediaries responsible for the posts of the users of the intermediaries not to mention the panopticism that some of the rules in these new guidelines come with assisting the government with tracking down the source of a message along with legal compliances for not immediately acting on taking down unlawful content it is important to note that the issue of the constitutional validity of these guidelines is currently subjudice tm krishna in kerala high court along with livelaw.in in bombay high court has put petition separately challenging the constitutionality of these guidelines i believe the bombay high court judgment has ruled in favor of calling these guidelines completely unconstitutional specifically rule 91 and 93 which means as of now the liability of what you say is yours and between you and the government the government cannot force an intermediary such as facebook or twitter 
to take down your post because they don't like it the matter is yet to be commented on conclusively by the apex court but essentially the 2015 litigation of shreya singhal versus union of india brings you the right to start an e lafda of course the parameters of not inciting violence still apply so do other consequential provisions that apply restrict your free speech in other ways but nor you neither the intermediary that you're posting on can be directly held liable for finding your content offensive as per the supreme court as of right now okay everyone that's all i have for you this week and unfortunately this episode is significantly shorter than the last one but then again the things that we needed to cover to efficiently supply the point are also lesser than before like keshavananda bharti is a bulky judgment in fact the only thing known about keshavananda bharti versus union of india and for people who have joined for the second episode only and not heard the first one please go listen to it we're talking majorly about it by we i mean i am majorly talking about it the entire reputation of keshavananda bharti is that it's a long document and that's about it that's like the notoriousness of it of course besides the fact that it's extremely important to indian jurisprudence and understanding any practice in high court today's episode was conceptualized edited and designed by me deep fried neurons the research on this episode was assisted by siddhant singh the music for the episode was provided by triggerfish.wood on instagram and the artwork on the logo of the podcast was designed by purva wow on instagram you can find links that will lead you to the instagram accounts of both of these people down in the description if you have any feedback regarding this episode in specific please 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 write to me at deepfriedneurons on instagram or twitter speaking of which please follow me on social media specifically on instagram at @deepfriedneurons If you'd like to support the content that we're making here that is to assume that you like it to the extent that you would support it please consider donating to my Patreon or buying me a coffee through buymeacoffee.com both of the links are given down in the description for you to find with that i wish all of you happy e lafda